whether we hear these words about the promise sending of your Holy Spirit and we feel very far away from you and very far away from anything that we would identify as your Spirit or whether we feel close to you whether we come with faith or doubt whether we come with um, hurt and woundedness or celebration of newness in life is we're all more of a mess than we care to admit. We're more broken than we want the people around us to know. Because our world is broken. And your story, the way that the Bible frames things for us, is grounded in the fact that things were, that, that hunch we have that things were meant to be better than they are, that that hunch is because things were meant to be better than they are. And you made them very good. And as we trudge along in a broken world, we still see those promises of hope and glory, and we also see uh, our failures. We see evil. We see trouble every day. And now amidst that trouble, we pray that your, your word would shine into our lives like light in a dark place, and that we might sense whether we call ourselves one who has faith or whether we call ourselves a doubter or we call ourselves just a, a someone seeking and looking for truth, that you would meet us now and we would have a sense that we hear your voice. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Holy Spirit will guide a disoriented church. That's really the... Uh, the message for today that we have from this scripture passage focusing on John, the John 16 passage, particularly our, our key verse today is this, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. When he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. We live in a ridiculously disorienting moment. The church exists right now in a disorienting moment. For 2,000 years, what it has meant to be the church is to, on a regular basis, to... Okay, I won't turn that way. <laughs> For On a regular basis, uh, to get together, to gather with your local community, to get together, and to do some practices together, to kind of crowd your bodies together and practice uh, listening to scripture, praying together, listening to the gospel preached, and participating in communion, the Lord's Supper. This is what it's meant to be the church. This is what, these are practices that nurture us and nurture God's church so that it's overflowing with grace for the world. It's all, these are also the practices that we have learned um, only help spread COVID-19 amidst the global pandemic. You know, get close together, you know, talk, sing indoors, uh, you know, respirate. And we've just learned about the science of this. And so what is, where does that leave the church? To say the global church is disoriented is an understatement. Some churches have drastically shrunk. Some have died. Some were brand new, but but it was just too much for this struggling young core group of people starting a church in year one, two, three, or four. 
and they had to call it quits. And not to mention the ones, the would-be churches that were on the horizon that just found no way to be able to get launched amidst this kind of combination of circumstances. Without being able to get together. How do you form the beginning sense of a community? And some who were already formed and maybe had enough people in life to keep going forward, some of them got riled up by a feeling that the authorities were forcing them, almost like a, an enemy or a foe, forcing them and having the audacity to tell them to how to worship in ways that were COVID-19 compliant. While other folks with health conditions have sat it out and participated virtually, still to this day. Some congregations have been filled with grief amidst sickness and loss, death and grief. City Life Church, in addition to having a, maybe some of those different characteristics, had a 14-month existence virtually. And then when we restarted, our own disorienting factors are, okay, let's relaunch our gatherings, but let's do it five miles south in a different neighborhood sort of jarring disconnect from our former physical existence together. I mean, I do like the lawn and the space and the fencing for kids and, and, and so forth. But it's different. And we find ourselves in this existence wondering, where do we go from here? What's next? The Bible has something to say for us in these disorienting times as a church. And the Sunday of Pentecost has something to say for our disorientation. The way John presents things, John, John is always a little bit funny, has his own way, has to be different than the other gospel writers. Tell things in, in strange ways with swirling ideas all coming together like a work of, a mosaic work of art as he tells different stories. Well, today as he presents things, the disciples are getting an unsolicited preview of the post-ascension disorientation. In advance, before Jesus goes to the suffering of the cross, he's informing them of how terrible things are going to get. And um, he's, he's going to leave them, he says, uh, and, and they will be persecuted, their lives will be in danger, they'll be sad, they'll be in grief. He says, in fact, the hour is coming when those who kill you will think that they are offering a service to God. And they're, they're jarred by this. They're very disoriented, and they seem like they don't know what to say. They've asked a couple of times in this dialogue, where are you going? <laughs> what? And they, they're also filled with grief. At, these, at the promise of losing Jesus. Very disoriented. But in the confusion, the hero and the hope in the disorientation is, according to Jesus, the Holy Spirit. This is the hope. We, it's a little unexpected. You might think that Jesus would say, um, you know, you can do this, just be courageous. You can get through this Pull up your bootstraps. It's going to have to be a lot of grit. You will persevere and be vindicated if you, you know, what are we used to in our world today, even in our churches today, if you lead with vision, 
You will be proved right by your religious obedience or your bottomless pit of compassion. It's all on you, you know, by sticking to good doctrine. This is how you will get through your disorientation. Or we might hope in our day that it, or think it would sound something like, your political correctness will guide you through these challenging times. Be sure to offend no one, and you will go good places. That's not what he says. Instead, he says in chapter 14, verse 26, the advocate, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And then the verse we read, our, our key verse, when the Spirit, verse 13 of chapter 16, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. Spirit. Spirit in the Bible is like wind. You can hear it in my microphone. Wind. Breath. In the Bible, this is what the Holy Spirit is. And um, literally, the way the Spirit arrives in the Bible uh, often. And the great example, of course, is the Pentecost story in Acts chapter 2, when the room where they are praying is filled with a strong wind. And then those, those strange things that look like tongues of fire are on top of the disciples or the apostles' heads. And from their lungs respirates the breath of global languages. Holy Spirit. The Greek word pneuma. And with a P at the beginning. Pneumatic tools are the ones that are powered by air. The sickness of your lungs, the sickness of where your breath comes from, we call pneumonia. It's all the same Greek word, Holy Spirit. And Hebrew is, is very similar. The Old Testament way of talking about it is ruach. Ruach. Do you hear it? Do you, do you feel it? Ooh. Spirit, wind. And in this passage, when Jesus says the word that's translated advocate, some translations just give up and they use the Greek word paraclete. It's too hard of a word to translate. It just kind of deals with coming alongside as a comfort, as a help, as a guide. It's kind of direction, direction help. Paraclete, advocate, comforter, help, guide. And so, friends, when Jesus promises in verse 13 that the Spirit will guide you, it's akin to being lost out at sea, no land in sight, at night the clouds are blocking your view of the stars, and some unfriendly wind has come and made you adrift and disoriented. And then, just about when all hope has drained out of your hearts, a breeze comes in. A breeze that comes and grabs the sails and begins to take you in exactly the direction you need to go. And we might doubt it at first, but we really have no other choice but to put up our sails so that we can go where God's Spirit is taking us. 
Jesus said in the Gospel of Luke, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Which suggests that part of being the church right now involves just literally, specifically praying for the Holy Spirit to guide us. where we would like to go, 